when you emerge from this state of prayer, when you return to your awareness of the material world after having dimmed the senses and gone into secret, meaning gone within into the world of imagination, which is your link to infinite possibilities, the treasure storehouse of eternity. When you emerge from that state, you no longer seek. You're no longer looking for it. You no longer want it. You no longer desire it because you have it. Welcome back to another episode of Daily Neville. I am your host, Josiah Brandt, and Daily Neville is all about breaking down the teachings of Neville Goddard, making them easy to understand, easy to digest, easy to apply in 20 minutes or less. Today, we are continuing with chapter five of Neville's 1945 book titled Prayer, the Art of Believing. And chapter five is a fascinating chapter. It is titled The Law of Thought Transmission. The Law of Thought Transmission. We're going to go ahead and dive right in. So Neville starts his chapter by saying, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He transmitted the consciousness of health and it awoke its vibratory correlate in the one toward whom it was directed. Okay, so the first sentence is interpreted by the second sentence. So he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions is interpreted as he transmitted the consciousness of health. And that transmission awoke the vibratory correlate, meaning the state of health in the one to whom it was sent. One mind, we can influence each other's behavior and we can influence each other's state because we are one mind. And Thought can be transmitted in a way that influences another, the experiences of another, the thoughts, the feelings of another, the state of another. Neville continues, he mentally represented the subject to himself in a state of health and imagined he heard the subject confirm it. Mentally represented. So that's using your imagination to imagine that the person that you're praying for is healthy. And confirming that by hearing them tell you that they are healthy, hearing you, hearing them tell you that they are well. For no word of God shall be void of power. Therefore, hold fast the pattern of healthful words which thou hast heard. Neville continues, to pray successfully, you must have clearly defined objectives. You've got to know what you want. You must know what you want before you can ask for it. You must know what you want before you can feel that you can that you have it. And prayer is the feeling of fulfilled desire. Now, if you've been following this series, you know that we have, through Neville, come up with a very powerful definition of prayer. Prayer, the art of believing what is denied by the senses. And you have to know what it is that you want before you can believe that you have it, even though your senses deny it. Prayer is, therefore, the feeling of fulfilled desire. It does not matter what it is that you seek in prayer, Neville says, or where it is, or whom it concerns. You have nothing to do but convince yourself of the truth 
of that which you desire to see manifested. All you have to do is convince yourself that that thing, that person, place, thing, situation, event exists in the field of all possibilities. Okay, we're making this easy when we say it this way. If you know that it exists in the field of all possibilities, and you can tune into the truth of its existence somewhere in the universe, that treasure house of eternity, that infinite field of all possibilities, if you can tune into it as a potential, a probability, potentiality, and you can convince yourself that it is possible, just the mere possibility, but if you can convince yourself of its possibility, that's the first step. Once you've convinced yourself of its possibility, you convince yourself of its reality. And because you are operating a point of consciousness in the mind of God, when you persuade the mind of God to believe in a certain state, situation, person, place, thing, probability, event, this is the secret of how you pray successfully and how you manifest anything. When you emerge from prayer, Neville writes, you no longer seek, for you have, if you have prayed correctly, subconsciously assumed the reality of the state sought. And by the law of reversibility, your subconscious assumption must objectify that which it affirms. Very important sentence here. When you emerge from prayer, you no longer seek. When you go into your room, you shut the door, which is an analogy for closing off your senses. When you close your eyes, you dim the evidence of your five senses, which connect you to the current state of material reality, which is a reflection of the state that you've been in. And through the process of prayer, you change states so that material reality can then shift and change to continue to accurately mirror the state that you are now in. That is prayer. And when you emerge from this state of prayer, when you return to your awareness of the material world after having dimmed the senses and gone into secret, meaning gone within into the world of imagination, which is your link to infinite possibilities, the treasure storehouse of eternity. When you emerge from that state, you no longer seek. You're no longer looking for it. You no longer want it. You no longer desire it because you have it, because you have persuaded yourself of its reality. And you know that you are a link in the chain that is the mind of God. Neville continues, you must have a conductor to transmit a force. You can use a wire, a jet of water, current of air, a ray of light, or any intermediary whatsoever. The principle of the photophone or the transmission of voice by light will help you to understand thought transmission or the sending of a word to heal another. There is a strong analogy between a spoken voice and a mental voice. A strong analogy between a spoken voice and a mental voice. When you think, 
He says, to think is to speak low. To speak is to think aloud. So thinking is like speaking quietly. And speaking is like thinking loudly. That's the analogy. The principle of the photophone is this. Now, you have to bear with me on this. Photophone was not something that I was familiar with either until Neville explained it. This is his description of a photophone. A ray of light is reflected by a mirror and projected to a receiver at a distant point. On the back of the mirror is a mouthpiece. By speaking into the mouthpiece, you cause the mirror to vibrate. The vibrating mirror modifies the light that is reflected on it. The modified light has your speech to carry, not as speech. It is represented in its mechanical correlate of vibration. It reaches the distant station and impinges on a disc within the receiver. It causes that disc to vibrate according to the modification it undergoes, and it reproduces your voice. Okay, so he's explaining this as a way of demonstrating how thought can be transmitted to another. I am the light of the world. I am, meaning the knowledge that I exist, is a light by means of which what passes in my mind is rendered visible. I can see what happens in my mind because I am the light of the world. I can see what happens in divine mind because I am the light of the world. Memory, or my ability to mentally see what is not objectively present, proves that my mind is a mirror, and so sensitive a mirror that it can reflect a thought. My mind is a mirror, and it's such a sensitive mirror that it can actually reflect a thought. The reperception of an image in memory in no way differs as a visual act from the perception of my image in a mirror. And he's going to explain what he means by this. He says, the same principle of seeing is involved in both. Your consciousness is the light reflected on the mirror of your mind and projected in space to the one of whom you think, just like the photophone. By mentally speaking to the subjective image in your mind, the image of the other, you cause the mirror of your mind to vibrate. Your vibrating mind modifies the light of consciousness reflected on it. The modified light of consciousness reaches the one toward whom it is directed and impinges on the mirror of their mind. It causes their mind to vibrate according to the modifications it undergoes. This is thought transmission. Thus, it reproduces in them what was mentally affirmed by you. So your mental affirmation is transmitted using the light of consciousness within divine mind to another. And the other reproduces in themselves what was transmitted by you. Your beliefs, your fixed attitudes of mind, constantly modify your consciousness as it is reflected on the mirror of your mind. 
So he says, what primarily affects or modifies your consciousness is your beliefs and your fixed attitudes of mind. Your consciousness, modified by your beliefs, objectifies itself in the conditions of your world. To change the world, you must first can change your conception of it. To change a man, you must first change your conception of him. To change a man, you must change your conception of him. You must change your idea of who that human is, what their state is, what their patterns of behavior are. You must change your conception of that. You must believe him to be the man you want him to be and mentally talk to him as though he were. Now, when you place someone in a desired state and you speak to them mentally as though they were in that state, you are awakening that part of them by speaking to it. So your your mental speech is incredibly powerful. There's one thing that Neville has taught us over the years, and he's taught us so much. One of these very important concepts is the idea of our mental speech and how important it is. So when I speak to you as though you are the human that you desire to be, I'm awakening that human within you, awakening that state within you because I'm speaking to it and it's responding. Just like you call someone's name, right? They, they respond. Same thing, I'm calling the name or nature of a state and it's responding. All men are sufficiently sensitive to reproduce your beliefs of them. Therefore, if your word is not reproduced visibly in the one toward whom it is sent, the cause is to be found in you and not the subject. So basically, he's saying here that if you don't see the word, the thoughts that you are transmitting to another, awakened in that other, the problem is actually you. It's, it's not them. As soon as you believe in the truth of the state affirmed, results follow. Everyone can be transformed. Every thought can be transmitted. Every thought can be visibly embodied. Subjective words, subconscious assumptions, awaken what they affirm. They are living and active and shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that which I please and shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent them. They are endowed with intelligence pertaining to their mission and will persist until the object of their existence is realized. They persist until they awaken the vibratory correlates of themselves within the one toward whom they are directed. But the moment the object of their creation is accomplished, they cease to be. The word spoken subjectively in quiet confidence will always awaken a corresponding state in the one for whom it was spoken. The word spoken subjectively in quiet confidence will always awaken a corresponding state. But the moment its task is accomplished, it ceases to be permitting the one in whom the state is realized to remain in the consciousness of the state affirmed or 
to return to their former state. Whatever state has your attention holds your life. Mm, let's say that again. Whatever state has your attention holds your life. Therefore, to become attentive to a former state is to return to that condition. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Now, this chapter is a two-parter, and this is part one of the Law of Thought Transmission. In our next episode, we're going to dive into the second part of the Law of Thought Transmission and go even deeper into the truth of this concept, this idea of how thoughts are transmitted in divine mind. If you're enjoying Daily Neville, I'm going to ask you to please subscribe to my channel so that you get notified when the next episode is published. And if you want to get a glimpse of the things that I don't share on YouTube, you need to join my email list. The link for that is in the description below. And until the next episode, imagine wisely, my friends.